We thank God for today on this Resurrection Sunday, even as we meet to celebrate the joy, the joy of the resurrection. Before we go into the Easter message today, I would like to, to thank you for joining us online during the Holy Week. And also to thank God for all those who participated to make sure that the live stream was uh, coming. We still have one final session in the evening at 6 o'clock. Please join us for that. Uh, I also have a word of, uh, a word of gratitude and thanks from Gogodube. Gogodube said, the next time you stand before the congregation, just say, from me, thank you for all that you did during the funeral service for uh, late sister Angie Guza. And I am accountable to go and report that I communicated that word. Now, to the message for today, I just call it the Easter message. I just call it the Easter message, the message for today. This is because on, on Friday, we looked at the Good Friday message. On Friday, we looked at the Good Friday message, saying that the Friday that Jesus died on the cross was good because it speaks of an extraordinary man, Christ Jesus. It speaks of the extraordinary death of this extraordinary man, but it also speaks of the extraordinary outcome from the death of Christ. I thought it would be fitting for us to also ask the big question, what is the message of Easter Sunday? Today, we see God using an angel to give the Easter message. But before we can even just read the word of God to reflect on that message, I want us to know that fear and dread had filled the hearts of Mary Magdalene and the other women who were walking when it was still dark in the streets of Jerusalem early that Sunday morning. These ladies were going to go to the tomb of a man whom they had believed to be the Messiah, they had left all other things by, behind in order to follow him. Yes, this man is the man who had promised them life, who had promised them a future. His death kind of spelled gloom upon their lives. And so they were confused perhaps even confounded as they walked and coming near the tomb. They had another, another concern upon their heart because they were just asking among themselves, how are we going to remove that big stone that had been put at the entrance of the tomb? Remember, if you remember the story of Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus who picked up the body of Jesus for burial, uh, the women followed to see where he had been buried. 
And so they knew what was awaiting them. And so they are saying, who will remove that stone for us? But motivated by their loyalty to Jesus Christ, they proceeded in a bid to tenderly finish the burial preparations of the body of their Lord. But coming nearer the tomb, they were then surprised to see that the stone is rolled away. Please take note. They are concerned who will remove the stone. And as they get nearer to the tomb, they find the stone is removed. Instead of being filled with joy that the stone has been removed, fear came upon them. They begin now to say, what? The body has been taken away? The body has been stolen and their minds went in all directions. But those fears, those doubts, those concerns were short-lived. Because as they entered the tomb, they met an angel who started speaking to their fear, giving them a message of hope that still has the power to change lives even today. So it is important that we listen in and hear for ourselves the Easter message. From the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 1 to verse 8, please open your Bibles deliberately. You will not have scripture over there. You've got to open your book. Mark, chapter 16, verse 1 to verse 8. Only these eight verses. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robes sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Verse 6 says, Do not be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Verse 8 says, Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. I'd like to stop there and just reflect on this very question that says, what is the Easter message? The Easter message essentially comes from verse 6 and verse 7. Don't be alarmed or don't be afraid, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Go to his disciples and Peter 
He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that even the explanation of it will be aided, helped, and cemented by the power of the Spirit of God for our transformation, for our edification. For we pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Easter message is a message of peace. The Easter message is a message of power. It is a message of potential. It is a message of promise. Will you forget that? Peace, power, potential, and promise. Verse 6, the first part of verse 6, gives a clear instruction. Don't be alarmed. Do not be terrified. Do not fear. The very sight of the angel must have increased fear in the hearts of these women. So his first words to them were, don't be alarmed. And perhaps what is rather interesting is every time an angel of the Lord appeared to people, they would start with the word, do not fear. Even at the announcement of the birth of Jesus to Mary, the mother of Jesus, then when she was a teenager, do not fear. When the angels came to the shepherds who were watching over their sheep, he says, do not fear. So now, at the resurrection of Jesus, the same message of peace comes as the angel speaks. Fear not. This is how the Lord always deals with his people. But remember also, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 reminds us, For we have not been given the spirit of fear, but of love. How and a sound and peaceful mind. We are not given the spirit of fear. So he comes to us and he says, you are the people of peace. You are not people of fear. The resurrection Sunday reminds us that his resurrection is the spelling out and the declaration, the wide heralding of this message of peace. Even as he would later send the disciples to go on a mission, he says, peace I give to you. He breathed on them his spirit, but the message that he carries is the message of peace. Even now the message of the gospel, wherever we go, it is the message of peace. Peace with God and peace with men. Do not fear. It is very appropriate that his resurrection should be attended with the message of peace. Because even after 2,000 years, his resurrection from the dead is still bringing the same message of peace to the hearts of all who believe in Jesus. Notice just a few areas of life where his resurrection gives peace. You see, in salvation we receive peace. Hebrews 7 verse 25. In death we receive peace. John chapter 11 verse 25. 
Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, yet he shall live. In eternity, we will have peace. John 14, verse 1 to verse 3. Do not be troubled. Let your hearts not be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. In life itself, in life itself, he gives us peace. This is why Tony Bazin said these words, which I think are very appropriate. The cradle and the cross are of little value without the resurrection. The cradle and the cross are of little value without the resurrection. But the cradle plus the cross plus the resurrection equals salvation. Our salvation is sealed and confirmed by this resurrection. Hence, we have peace. We need not to feel we are at, on enemy terms with the Lord. Salvation has been accomplished. It is not only a message of peace, but it is also a message of power. He is risen. He is risen. You see, although Jesus was not the first person to be raised from the dead, his resurrection is still the unique resurrection. I mean, you know that Lazarus in John chapter 11 died and Jesus raised him. The widow of, uh, uh, of Nain's son died and Jesus raised him. Jairus' daughter was raised. But Jesus was the first to rise ever and never die. Because all these ones whom we can talk about, they were raised to life, even in the Old Testament, but they later died. But Jesus was raised. He got up to die no more. All the others were just, if you like, resuscitations. Jesus, one, was the real resurrection. And that speaks of power unparalleled. The tomb could hold him no longer. Death is strong, but life is stronger. Stronger than the dark is the light. Stronger than the wrong is the right. Faith and hope triumph and say. Yes, the cross Christ rose that resurrection day on that resurrection day and we see the triumph coming through and through because the tomb could not hold him. He is stronger. He has power because while death may be strong, but his life was stronger. While darkness might have shown a little bit of strength, light was stronger. 
And that message is true for you and me today. Yes, we will see our outward person wasting away. We will sometimes even continue to see our beloved go. But we know death is not stronger than life. And so the resurrection, the message of the resurrection is the message of power. And this is the reason why Paul would say, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. You see, all this great resurrection power will ultimately be realized when Jesus returns and raises the dead in Christ. Imagine all our departed beloved resurrected from the dead and glorified to live forever with Jesus. Is that not what 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18 talk about? I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of those who have fallen asleep. What a day that will be when it will do justice to those who have fallen asleep. The message of Easter is a message of peace, but it is also a message of power. Do we believe it? Oh, we say, yeah, maybe. A famous uh, Methodist preacher by the name Edwin Sangster, W. Edwin Sangster, is said to have contracted uh, incurable disease that slowly caused his muscles to waste away. His voice failed and his throat became very sore and unable even to swallow. Remember, he was a preacher. But he continued in ministry right up until the point where his voice had gone completely and he could barely hold his pen. On one Easter morning, just a few weeks before he died, W.E. Sangster wrote in a letter to his daughter these words. It is terrible to wake up on Easter morning and have no voice to which to shout. He is risen. But it will still be more terrible to have a voice and not one to shout. He is risen! Uh -uh. It is terrible when you still have a voice but you cannot shout he is risen because that is the power of the believer. This is the message from W.E. Sangster to say, I'm feeling so bad that I'm waking up on Sunday morning and I have no voice to shout he is risen. But I'm better than the one who has a voice but cannot shout he is risen. That's the power. That's the power. Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. Not only is, is uh, Resurrection Sunday 
Not only does it give us the message of peace and power, it is also a message of potential. Part C of verse 6 says, He is not here. He is not here. I like that. And let me start with a little illustration so that you will see where I am going. A young boy named Philip had Down syndrome, but he attended Sunday school class. While the other children didn't mock his problem, but they really did not include him in many of the things that they were doing. One week before Easter, the teacher gave all the children plastic eggs and instructed them to go home and fill those plastic Easter eggs with something that represented Easter. So the next week, all the children gave their eggs back to the teacher, and they were, as she opened them one by one, they discussed how each thing happened, or how each thing that they had put there represented the Easter story. One had a flower petal, another had a leaf, and so on, perhaps representing spring and new life. The teacher then came to an empty egg, and she assumed this empty egg was Philip's. So she put it aside, thinking he must not have understood the project. As if to go to the next thing, Philip objected to the teacher's desire to go to the next project. Why don't you talk about my egg? He asked. The teacher said, But Philip, your egg is empty. To which he replied, So was the tomb. So was the tomb. So Philip became accepted by his friends that day. A few months later, Philip died from a simple infection, and most of the kids could have, you know, it was an infection that most of the kids could have just shrugged off. But as he died, as he was to be buried inside his casket, where 19 empty plastic Easter eggs, one from each of the children in his class. The tomb is empty. You see, the greatest effect of history is that empty tomb. Jesus is not in the tomb anymore. He is with the Father right now at the right hand of the Father at the rightful place where he belongs. While, yes, friends, while the work of the risen Lord, which he did 
by dying on the cross is completely finished as we read in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. We know that Jesus is still alive and he is very active in our behalf. The risen Savior is acting as our intercessor. He is interceding for us. Hebrews 7 verse 25, Romans chapter 8 verse 34. He is interceding for us. He is always watching over us. Foresee the potential of your protection and all that he can do for you. He is acting as our advocate. First John chapter 2 verse 2, we have an advocate with the Father when we have sinned. He is preparing a place for us. John 14 verse 1 to verse 3, we made reference to that. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And he is waiting for the Father to send him after his children because God is still calling more people to become children of God. What a potential. The Easter message is a message of peace. It is a message of power. It is a message of potential. Jesus approaches the Father on our behalf, waiting for the Father to give him the green light to gather more believers to him. We live in anticipation of that day, living in the light of forgiveness found in the death and the power that is supplied through his resurrection. Not only is this message a message of peace, not only is it a message of power and potential, but it is also a message of promise. For verse 7 we see, he's telling them, you go to Galilee and all the like, go see the disciples and Peter. But the key message is, you will see him. You will see him. The angel here closed the message to these women by reminding them of the Lord's promise. He had said, meet me there. They would see him again. This word from the Lord must have lifted their hearts. They had come to the tomb that morning expecting to see a dead body. They left the tomb with the promise that they would look upon to see him in there. They would look on the living face of Jesus, not on the cold face of a dead corpse. Can you imagine the excitement that must have come? You and I may not be able to see Jesus in Galilee, but we shall certainly see his face in glory, Revelation 22 verse 4 reminds us of that. We will see him first of all in the clouds above the earth. First Thessalonians chapter 4, which we made reference to, but specifically verse 16 to 17. Then we will see him returning in glory, Revelation 19 verse 11 to 16. Then we will see him ruling on this earth as the king of kings and the lord of lords. Revelation 19 verse 15. Then we will see his face forever in glory in heaven above. And that will be wonderful. 
because we will get to see Jesus and live with him forever and ever. That is the message of Easter Sunday. Peace, power, potential, promise. Are you a person of peace? You can never be a person of peace until you receive this peace from him. Have you experienced the transforming power of the resurrection of Christ? If you do, that same transforming power of the resurrection of Jesus has the potential to transform our communities, has the potential to transform a whole nation. And if we believe in that power, we will not hold on, but we will go and make more disciples to come to follow Jesus. What we have experienced so far is little compared to what could be done because there is still great potential. The Lord Jesus is interceding on our behalf. The Lord Jesus is supplying the resources. Remember, it is him when he is sending the disciples who says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. There is more that can be done. Let's not be satisfied with the little that has happened so far. There is more. For our king is still active at the right hand of the father. Interceding for us. Oh, he is mediating for us. He is calling more and more people. And he continues to empower us. But we are motivated by the promise that we shall see him. There's a Shona hymn that is sung, Dosonga na sei na jesu, zandisina mumewoka, kunoisakunashi. How will I meet with him if you are living in the light of this promise? How will you meet him when you have no one whom you have brought to this peace, to this power, to this potential? Brothers and sisters, we are no longer prisoners to the power or the fear of sin. We are no longer prisoners to darkness and even to death. We don't have to be worried about how all of this is going to turn out. Life is eternal. Love is immortal. We are free to live. We are free to love. The end of the resurrection story is the beginning of our life. The end of the resurrection story is the beginning of our life. Christ is risen. So live fully your life now. Why wait until death? Darkness has become light. Sin has been forgiven. The tomb has become the womb of new creation. There is no more death. Life is everywhere. That's the message of the potential. That is the message of peace and the power of resurrection. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement for us to not fear. Thank you, Lord, for the encouragement for us to know that you, your resurrection power can be our own experience as you raised us from our own sinful condition you can raise many more who are still lost. Thank you, Lord, that the tomb 
which became the womb of new creation can bring more sons into the kingdom. And Lord, we also thank you for the hope, the promise that we shall see you face to face. And everyone who has this hope in you will purify and cleanse himself. Help us so. So even as we go our separate ways into our different work stations and service stations, we pray for the impartation of your peace, power, potential in joyful anticipation of meeting you again. In Jesus' name, amen.